0: It is um, officially 69 days until my wedding. Oh,
1: my God. Yes. Uh,
0: you should celebrate nice. that fact. Yes. <laughs> it is the 69th pre-anniversary. Wow. We love it. Yeah. We love it. Yeah. Oh, it's also, oh also, isn't today
1: what? the 10-year anniversary born this way?
0: It is the 10-year <gasps> anniversary born this way. Oh, my Whoa. God. Whoa. Ah. You're a gay legend. I am. I planned this. This is entirely planned. Oh my God. You literally,
1: when you came up with your wedding day, you're like, we should do it 69 days from <laughs> the 10 year anniversary,
0: of born this way. And Alex was like, yes, let's do Abso- it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I could have done another 30th and it'd been like 68 days. No. Absolutely no. not. Oh my no, God. Ma'am. Born this way. Uh, truly. I'm beautiful in my own way because God makes what? No mistakes. He. <laughs> Does not Did you see uh, <laughs> I mean he made us um, uh, Apparently the iconic Gay porn star who had Born This Way Tattooed on his back uh-huh. Apparently got it lasered off <gasps> Oh
1: my god is he gone Christian?
0: End of an era I don't apparently he's just like embarrassed by it now I, I don't mean know. it's he, embarrassing
1: I'm embarrassed by the radio tattoos I have On my arm <laughs> I'm
0: embarrassed by my white stripes tattoo that I have <laughs> on my arm So you know It is what it is like, if it, a tattoo is supposed to be a like a like a timestamp of who you were, and when I was eighteen, I was tacky And Beaumont and obsessed with the white stripes. So there you go, you fucking. You now, where now I'm tacky, thirty, and obsessed with the white stripes. So now came talk, talk, talk. <laughs> Y'all knew what was just cut out of the intro Girl, oh girl Girl. Tea was spilt With a T at the end The spilt Come through Boston Tea Party (laughs) (laughs) There has to be some sort of like drag show In Boston that's called the Boston Tea Party Oh,
1: I'm sure
0: There has to be like multiple of them We'll ask friend of the show Kyle, Amato Um, He's from Boston He's from Boston, he'll know everything
1: everything that's going on in the city
0: Uh, Anytime anything related to New England Happens I text him and he's like yes Um, I'll cut that out too. whatever. Anyway, hi! Hi! Welcome to Straight People Movies. My name is Dylan Garcia. And I'm Kirk Van Sickle. And this is the podcast where we two gays, we get together, we talk about a movie made for straight people, and we ask the everlasting question, why? I honestly, Dylan, I don't have it in me anymore. I I can't keep asking this question, not getting the answer. I can't. No, it's like, we come to this show every week and ask why and yet it never gets answered and so why even ask why yeah
1: it's clearly that none of y'all are listening to this fucking podcast Mm -hmm. because we keep asking y'all to answer the question why and you won't do it nothing why Why? this is homophobia if someone doesn't answer the question by the end of pride month like i'm gonna be straight again fuck it yeah
0: that's 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 the straight people movies pod promise is that if you don't answer why by June thirtieth, we are both going knee deep into a vagina. Yeah,
1: and here's the, and here's the deal. Like I don't, you know, for people that know me, it's like a, a straight me. It, mm, you, we really don't want that. Mm-hmm. We real Austin doesn't need another one.
0: <laughs> and could you imagine a straight Dil- a straight Dylan that does improv and magic? Like whenever I do it, it's funny. But if I was just like a straight person I was doing improv And played Magic the Gathering And going to coding school Like Oh god Like take me out to pasture
1: Oh my god I'm like already imagining transgressive myself when I do it I'm already imagining myself Mansplaining like Fucking Black Country New Road To my new
0: girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> You're like um, Did you listen to Porridge Radio album? It came out like Right at the beginning of quarantine, they were really uh, just uh, dumbstruck by that, and like they just didn't get a fair share, you know? Yeah, totally. And
1: and honestly, that dry clean band is just getting attention because it's a girl singer,
0: yeah. girl talker. I mean, listen to girl. Talk, listen to life without buildings. Huh? huh. huh? Ever huh? heard of slint? Ever heard of slint?
1: <laughs> See, we're good. <laughs> we we're we're like too a, good at it. We're good. Like a ma- too, Do you want yeah. that in the world, everyone? No. Do you? No, you fucking don't. Um. So just, don't. Just
0: awful. So, you, you know, find a way. <laughs> this, is the, this is the longest bit. <laughs> okay. I love it. I'm, uh, I, I feel saw. deranged right now, so this is going to be... Same. It's deranged Once episode. again, uh, like our famous Wayne's World episode, it is dark and raining outside. Oh, yeah, uh, like our
1: infamous Wayne's World episode that no one listened to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah! um, but this week we're doing um to reference uh, previous guest kyle romero we're doing a primo primo poster movie of oh, course we're yeah. talking about oh yeah oh this yeah this a poster movie You're like right. there ever it was one at spencer's gifts uh we're talking about pulp fiction, pulp fiction. 1994 pulp fiction oh my baby. goodness
1: gracious
0: gracious we're talking about tarantino for the first time which is uh you know it's a
1: minefield honestly it's,
0: it's a minefield yeah this movie is definitely a minefield <laughs> Um, And I'm excited to talk about it Because I feel like it's a seminal straight person movie It
1: is It's a very seminal and I also feel like no, Everyone's really I feel like no one has a real opinion on it <laughs> Like at least nowadays
0: yeah. yeah it's weird I feel like well, Tarantino has like made so many I don't want to say all good Because some of them are bad but like he's made so many Like memorable movies that like it's not just stuck on where it's like he uh, Pulp Fiction is your, is the correct answer as the best Tarantino movie. Like he's made enough good movies where it's like, you can have opinions about other ones now. Does that make sense?
1: No, I totally get what you mean. It's just this, I mean, like I guess Reservoir Dogs was his first movie and people love that one, but I feel like Pulp Fiction was like the thing that shot him into superstardom. And yeah. And my personal favorite film by him, Jackie Brown was his follow up to this, but I feel like that was kind of his first like considered clunker, but I like love that movie. Mm -hmm.
0: Oh, yeah. I think uh, the consensus is turned around Jackie Brown. That movie whips ass. That movie rules,
1: dude. Pam
0: Greer. so good. Robert Forrester.
1: That might be one of my favorite Robert De Niro performances.
0: Yeah, it's an incredible movie. And Bridget Fonda
1: plays my favorite annoying drugged up bitch. Yes, bitch. Oh, my God. I love her in that.
0: God, Bridget Fonda whips. Let's watch um, Hand That Rocks the Cradle.
1: (laughs) I've never seen that.
0: Wait that's not her in that <laughs> One second No she's in Wait, uh, What is she in I, Like the name Is she, a, is she
1: like a No she's in Single White daughter? Female Sorry
0: She's in Single White Female That's It's the other Single White Female And Hand The Rocks The Cradle Are two different movies But they're basically The same movie It's basically like Woman From Hell Does stuff Right uh, Single White Female Is very very good Oh it has she a very quit Lee In like in
1: 2001 that. Interesting Jealous
0: I know right I want to be um, famous enough To be like I, I am retired yeah, uh, that sounds so fucking nice. Uh, um, no, but *Hand in the Cradle* is fucking incredible. Julianne Moore—it's one of her—it's like her second role ever, and she like—if you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil her demise. Um, it's fantastic. Anyway, but we're not talking about *The Hand in the Cradle*. We are talking about *Pulp Fiction*. Right, but I mean, like, I feel like going, going off on that, a tangent about a random movie is very *Pulp Fiction-y of you. It is. It is. We should talk about the Bible some more too. Yeah let's do it we haven't had a chance to talk about the bible enough I think on the pod Oh no let's talk about the bible I'm gonna add like that bible, in, the, in, the, in the doc real quick bible <laughs> I'll take the New Testament you can have the old one cute and...
1: <laughs> I love it I love new by no doubt oh
0: my God. I love neon bible by arcade fire <laughs> I heard um shit um what's the arcade fire song The children grow up wake body's wake bigger. up wake up there we go I heard that at a um at a nordstrom rack today it was very weird that is like <laughs> the most inappropriate right. <laughs> place for that song to play <laughs> like, this is wrong this I, it's like you need to play like, start
1: playing like tag with your inner child at the nordstrom rack. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh, fuck. um the the right anyway
1: <laughs> all right well i mean so pulp fiction you know uh as a movie lover seminal most of us probably. I mean, I'm assuming you saw this movie probably in high school or at least college.
0: Oh yeah, it's a oh yeah,
1: major high school college movie. Um, did you love it then? How
0: do you feel about it now? What are your thoughts? I mean, I liked it then because I was like, whoa, movies could be like this. Like, it doesn't have to go in order. Like, you can just what? have scenes and just do shit." Well, they're and, just like, like talking, can, like talk. They're just talking. I didn't really. I when I, watching this like not. I don't want to say the second time, but watching just the latest time. Uh this movie's is mostly talking. Oh, it's so talky. <laughs> I w- I just remember in my mind like the 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 proportion of talking to doing shit being much uh more like equal, but it's ba- it's very like 70-30 talking action.
1: It's just talking. I think what's cool about the movie, though, is it is a lot of talking, but the camera is very dynamic. Like, you got, like, it's like the cinematography is, like, so strong in the movie, because I feel like it's always moving. It's always doing something interesting. It makes the conversations Mm -hmm. feel like action sequences.
0: Oh, yeah. And the scenes, like, that opening scene, not opening scene, but the scene after that with uh, Vincent, they're talking in the car, and they keep that conversation going in the hallway, and they keep the conversation going down, like, later in, later, further down in the hallway... And then they're in the house, and like this, all, this one scene takes place in, like, six different places. And it's so it's just... It's so, yeah, it is dynamic. It's just fun to just... No,
1: follow. totally. I think it's... Like, I, and also, like, I love that it's, like, a very calm, funny, kind of gossipy situa- or conversation, and then they go into the apartment and then, like, switch gears, and they're, like, fucking with those, like, kids. And yeah. one of my favorite lines in a movie of all time is when Samuel L. Jackson goes, check out the big brain on bread! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Such a fucking...
1: I love it. He's my favorite part of the movie, probably, in terms of, like, yes. acting. I just think he's so great in it. I I really like oh, the movie a lot. I don't think it would make even my top three Tarantino movies. Um,
0: no, yeah, what's your top three Tarantino?
1: I would say my number one favorite Tarantino movie is Jackie Brown. And then I would say okay. Kill Bill Volume 1 and Inglorious Bastards would probably be my okay. favorite movies by him.
0: Yeah, I like... Kill Bill 2 Kill Bill 1 and then
1: mm,
0: probably Jackie Brown yeah
1: I love Pulp Fiction I think that the biggest thing I noticed this time around is it's like I and I feel like I think most people would agree with me on this so I think I'm about to like bust something wide open the middle hour of the movie is boring as fuck yes because it's like all you remember is the beginning and you remember everyone of course remembers the iconic like, date that he goes on with Mia Wallace and Mm -hmm. and remembers the ending with the brains being blown out and, like, they go to, like, Tarantino's house and they clean it up and, you know, the the attempted robbery at the end. Like, it's, like, all of those scenes are great, but it's, like, the whole storyline with Bruce Willis is so unnecessary and it's not interesting or, like, funny. Like, I hate to say it, but, yeah, it really brings the movie down, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, the only thing I keep from that would be the the Christopher Walken watch get Yeah, that, monologue. no, that that's part is so amazing. Incredible.
1: That's actually, no, sorry. That's my favorite part of the movie is that monologue.
0: Yeah. You watch it and you're like, oh yeah, Christopher Walken does have an Oscar.
1: Oh yeah, no, it's so good. Like when he says that your father hit it up his ass for three years and then he died of dysentery. So I, he gave me the watch. So I hit it up my ass for two years. <laughs> I just think that <laughs> that's so like the good. greatest like line ever um yeah i think the movie's really great but yeah i think everyone kind of forgets about bruce willis and his like annoying french girlfriend and like that weird mm-hmm. and i a lot of people have written about it i saw on wiki but like that entire like rape bdsm thing Ooh, mama Ooh, mama i, I don't Ooh, even know baby. why i really want us to unpack that because it's like why really. it's just there to be shocking but it really does let's also g- feel weird in the movie
0: <laughs> That and also all of the just N-words in the movie. We'll just put this right here in this little section of the episode where we're just like... Yeah. Smarter people have talked about this. Right. No,
1: it's true. And, you know, it really sucks to say because Jackie Brown's my favorite movie by him. But that's like the most... Like, that's the one with like all of the N-words in it. Yeah. Um. But, you know, yeah. Plenty of people have talked about it. Plenty of people have defended him. You know, people have criticized it. There's, if you're curious about it or haven't heard about this, look it up. I mean, you know, it's an yeah. interesting thing. But, like, we're not going to get into it because it's just, like... We're not going to get into that. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but, but but yeah, in terms of just, like, the content of the movie, it's a little too long.
0: and Yeah, it's, it's, that's a 2... It's 2.30? Two,
1: two, two hour... And two and a half hours. I think you really... Yeah. Luckily, the ending is so great that you end yeah. up really overall enjoying the film. I still, like, really like it a lot. But I do feel like in mm-hmm. the middle of the movie, I was like, God, like, I could give a fuck... About Bruce Willis throwing this match and his stupid-ass girlfriend not knowing the difference between a yeah. chopper and a motorcycle. <laughs> Although
0: her talking about what she get at the diner, that's me, um, every weekend.
1: <laughs> and the part where she says, I want you to give me oral pleasure, is me.
0: <laughs> also me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, well, before we go too-too um, into it, um, I'll go ahead and do an intro. In case you haven't seen it, which again... I feel like recently we've been doing movies where it's kind of like, I don't like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I don't yeah like I don't want to be an asshole, but it's like, I don't understand how you wouldn't have seen this
0: movie. <laughs> we're like some straight dudes force like, you to watch this American canna. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Like some straight dudes force you to watch this. Like I, you've seen parts of it at the least. Definitely.
0: You're um, but anyway, you've had this. Yeah.
1: So here, here's a recap. Not that you even need one. Cause this movie has no plot. Um, This is the 1994 (laughs) Quentin Tarantino film, Pulp Fiction. It stars Tim Roth, Amanda Plummer, John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, Ving Rhames, Uma Thurman, Christopher Walken, Bruce Willis, Harvey Keitel, and Quentin Tarantino himself. And basically the movie is told out of chronological order, and it follows an interconnected web of criminals in Los Angeles as they monologue and shoot each other. And that's
0: really That's it I was, That was the easiest recap I've ever done And I was like No I mean that's yeah it. That's I'm not You really anything.
1: got the one sentence pitch down On this one
0: <laughs> That's your elevator you know, pitch For Pulp Fiction <laughs> Quentin Tantino went to Miramax And was like I got a show Not a movie It's a show uh, But I got a movie here It's just a bunch of people talking and shooting
1: Yeah right and Harvey
0: And the other brother was like Okay
1: Yeah Oh Jesus Yeah Is yep. this our first Miramax movie?
0: I think this is our first Miramax movie. Oh, God. We are also not going to talk about Miramax movies. Although, actually, I will talk about them for a Let's little bit. Let's fucking I'm talk about Miramax
1: kidding. movies. I don't give a fuck.
0: Miramax movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, this movie, like, it fits in with this this grand boom of indie independent movies in the early, late 80s, early 90s. This, like, Sex, slides and Videotape. Right. This, um, what's the other big indie? I'm thinking, Clerks. Mm-hmm. Kind of a big, you know, the, the three parts, the three... The, the holy trifecta in the of indie of movies
1: that made it big, yeah.
0: yeah. And then you, then so that's the early nineties, and then the latter half of the nineties is people trying to do that again. So that's where you get your Boondock Saints. That's where you get your uh, I don't know who's trying to be Soderbergh because no one can be Soderbergh. That's where you get your um, and then that's where you, where you get, get PTA lesser, you know, bo- P- yeah, PTA, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's the final, the final piece of the puzzle there. Um, But I love that. I love all those movies. Like, I think of all those directors. Though probably my favorite is Soderbergh because I think he's just made more of my favorite movies. Soderbergh's interesting
1: because I feel like he's had the biggest "what the fuck" kind of career filmography.
0: Oh yeah, he's insane. Because it's like I
1: love Sex Lies and Videotape and I love Traffic. Um, Love out of out of sight's great. But like, I'm not a big Oceans guy. But like, I think it's fun that he made them.
0: And oh yeah.
1: I don't think I've seen anything recent. by. I think the last one I saw by him was Side Effects, but I know you, Stan.
0: Oh, fuck. Side Effects is so good. My
1: God. Yeah. Um, did
0: you see uh, – <laughs> that movie's high, Cam. <laughs> uh, well, did you see, uh, like, Contagion, High Wire? I've seen Magic Contagion.
1: I thought, I thought that movie was just really hollow and boring.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: maybe I need to rewatch it. Maybe I didn't get it.
0: It's not fun now. We watched it, like, in April of last year. Not a fun watch. I still think that the funniest thing that ever happened
1: during the pandemic was that movie going number one on Netflix.
0: Truly insane. People are like, I want to see real life, but with hotter people. They say,
1: they're like, I want to see Gwyneth Paltrow be patient zero. That makes me feel better.
0: <laughs> I'm like, I keep trying to convince Alex. I'm like, let's go to Macau. And Alex, we don't want to be Gwyneth Paltrow, though. That's what's going to happen, though. Right. That'll happen to us. Of oh, I- That'll be our luck.
1: So, uh, you know, every gay, you know, we're in our thirties now and every gay has to choose their path by their forties, you know? And I think I'm going to be a goop lap girl. Definitely.
0: Oh, oh, that's so nice. Like, I'm going to be
1: like one of those bougie goop lap girls. I just know it. I can feel it. I can feel it already happening. Like I was talking about like using my entire brain yesterday to people and like was talking about like a new agey, like spirituality. And I was like, oh God, here we go.
0: Here it is. Here we go. Look, I need to I keep getting Instagram ads for gay caftans and I just wanna be a gay caftan Palm Springs just like guy that talk like I can't do the voice where it's just like my time or like my guy. <laughs> oh my god, god, I know exactly just, what
1: you're talking. I know exactly what you're trying to do.
0: Just, I just wanna be uh Charles Nelson Riley. That's my ultimate goal is to be Charles and Nelson And you Riley. know
1: what? You're gonna not get it because we gays don't get what they want.
0: We don't. Yeah, we, we don't we get we, what we, we want. We canonically
1: don't get what we want. Um anyway, back to Pulp Fiction. Um <laughs> So Pulp Fiction um, Pulp Fiction Yeah I mean I feel like we pretty much covered Like The vibe of the I mean It's talking It's talking And, and here's the thing It's great It's great It's like literally oh. I gotta give it to this I have to give it to Tarantino I know it's really popular to bash on him I know it's like we're, We live in a world Where it's really fun to bash on him And to like overpraise him So I feel like it's like mm-hmm. We're gonna be a little crazy here We're gonna like Come in the middle here
0: yeah, you know, well, I think that I, I think when people hear about the concept of our show, straight people movies, that we will address it the same way people talk about straight people movies on Twitter, which is just like and this movie is for straight men, therefore it's garbage. And doesn't pass, that test. doesn't pass that back, Delta. Doesn't pass that back, Delta. Um, <laughs> but we're actually gonna confront that, and it's like, why? But um, I like Tarantino a lot. I think he's had more misses, more hits than totally. Misses. I agree with you. I think the only true, like, misfire was Hateful Eight. The
1: Hateful Eight is so bad. It's, like, so so boring.
0: I saw the extended version in theaters like a lunatic. That's insane. I can't
1: imagine watching, like, a longer version of that movie.
0: No. Well, there's a recut version of it on Netflix. It's, like, it's episodic. It's, like, cut like a TV, like a miniseries. I might,
1: I, w- I could possibly watch that, I think. but uh, I'm kind of interested. But I think the idea, and I guess it was kind of, like, interesting or whatever, but like, from a film point of view, but it's, like, oh, a Western all shot in one place, like a chamber play, because it's, like, yeah. when... When you're in film school, at least, like, the way they define westerns is it has to be very expansive. It's outside. It's, like, Mm -hmm. nature shots, you know? Like, there's got to be that vibe. And I think it's, like, Tarantino being a little, like... He's being a little cute there. He's -hmm. like, oh, I'm going to do a western, but it's, like, not a western. And I guess that's, like, his thing, right? As a director is he's just kind of, like, Mm -hmm. subverts and mishmashes all these genres together. But I feel like with The Hateful it just didn't work. And I, you know what? I also didn't love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like, Sumi. I... I didn't get it I fell asleep it was here's the thing is that he's going through his like I feel like starting with The Hateful Eight and especially with Hollywood it's like he's going through his like mature phase
0: yeah and I'm like girl
1: I mm, I'm sorry it's just not for me and here's the thing before you man explain to me why Hollywood is a brilliant movie I get it. (laughs) I do I like I've studied movies I know what old hollywood you know. was like i understand what the movie's trying to do it's about like the end of an era onto the new yada 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 yeah. I, but the movie's not entertaining and the ending oh no i think it's boring and the ending was like, ending was like, like dumb i'm sorry like i'm sorry i like i literally i mean it was it, it was entertaining because it was like insane yeah. but i was like what is happening <laughs> why
0: damn so um i think anything that like glamorizes los angeles is automatically goes down a litter grade for me that's like look at this LA and look at this in LA we're different we have movie yeah the only and- LA I want
1: to see is whatever Gregor Rocky's LA and David Lynch's LA and that's it
0: and Tangerine and Tangerine
1: Absolutely, absolutely, Tangerine.
0: Everything else is like, I don't care that you are you have a movie theater that's also a ball or whatever.
1: Yeah, but I think the the, the thing we, we're both getting at here, like, just in general about Tarantino, though, is, like, he's great at writing dialogue. Like, there's no denying yes. it. Like, not only is he great at writing dialogue because it's very... You, you know it's Tarantino when you hear it. Like, you recognize mm-hmm. it. He's got a very specific style. But each of the way he writes his characters really specifically, like... I feel like someone, like... Aaron Sorkin for example Sorry to shit on him If anyone loves him But yeah. I feel like Every character just feels Like a mouthpiece For Aaron Sorkin Like they don't feel Like actual people yeah. But Tarantino's characters Feel like people to me Like actual mm-hmm. characters And he writes For those characters Really well
0: Um, And it's I think when people Try to copy it It seems so obvious That they're trying to copy it Because it's such a specific Way of talking And it's so grating Whenever you hear Tarantino being cop
1: right. It's so funny. I think there's something weird about the way he writes, where it's like it's simultaneously like unrealistic because it's very like no one talks like that in real life. But there, yeah. I guess he just really knows how to direct his actors and how to choose his actors, because so I feel like they deliver the lines in a way that's very engaging always in all of his movies. Well, that's
0: that's kind of the whole thing we have right here is that it's recontextualizing. That's kind of his whole thing is that he like recontextualized John Travolta, and right. like Brought him back because he was just in the flop era at this point. Um I think well this this is like Uma Thurman's like first big break. I don't know. Stuff. I was actually wondering that while I was watching the
1: movie because I was like you know, she got nominated what for the Oscar, you know, for all this. For yeah, 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 yeah. This scene. was like her first big role. Her breakthrough role was in yeah. Dangerous Liaisons as one of the supporting roles yes. with Glenn Close and John yeah. Malkovich, but this was like her like big one.
0: This was yeah. um and then like bring, having Ving Rhames, a very big like 70s actor, having all this kind of come back and he uses them in such interesting ways. He's always did that in his career, like bringing Pam Grier back, doing, using Robert Forrester. And having these um, characters
1: play, not like against type, but like weird versions of themselves. Like Christopher Walken plays a very Christopher Walken part in his one mm-hmm. scene. But like the fact that he got Christopher Walken to say that he hit a watch up his ass for two years is like, it's just like, <laughs> that is hilarious.
0: Yeah, you know uh, the only person that's playing correctly or like normally is Bruce Willis. Yeah, Bruce Willis
1: like, is playing a very Bruce Willis role, um, which yeah. is maybe why his storyline's not as dynamic. Because I feel like John Travolta plays really against type in the movie, and then Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, was this Samuel L. Jackson's first big thing? Wasn't he in? Um, not he in "Do the Right Thing"? He's in "Do the Right Thing," right? Yeah. But he wasn't one of the main characters in "Do the Right Thing." He was the DJ. No, was... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think some characters like he really like they they play themselves almost like I feel like Samuel L. Jackson like plays like a very Samuel L. Jackson character in this, but then John Travolta plays mm-hmm. against type. So it's it's it is a mishmash, you know. It's kind of like yeah, it depends on the performer. But he's really good at casting. He's really good at directing his actors. I mean, that's something you notice across the board in all of his yes. movies. Oh
0: yeah, um, I mean he did. He got Christopher uh, Christoph Waltz two oscars see that
1: but that is bullshit
0: <laughs> that's bull he should have only had the inglorious bastards one he
1: was so good inglorious bastards he totally deserved that one but like for Django number and i also don't love Django either so yeah i haven't liked his last three movies i'm like almost about to give up on him like i just like inglorious <laughs> bastards was so good and then it just like has gone so downhill from there yeah and this is just yeah. my opinion straight boys Oh, don't come home for me, on me.
0: Um, I do love that this is our first Palm d'Or winner. Yeah. And that we don't have that many Palm d'Ors that we could do besides, like, Apocalypse Now or something.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting Palm d'Or. I think that you mentioned indie movies earlier, and I think that, like, Pulp Fiction started – Pulp Fiction is an important movie for so many different reasons, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. It's the first – it really made Mirror... – and Miramax, Mirror I mean, you can't get around it, but Miramax also started yeah. this. This idea of, like, taking an indie movie and making it a hit. It's like that didn't really, yeah. like – exist before. Like it's not like John Cassavetti's movies were like winning Oscars. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. Um but it's like, you know, Pulp Fiction blends French New Wave and Scorsese crime movies. And it takes like all these like different types of movies and mishes mashes them together, but then it's all st- still very him. It's that mix of the mm-hmm. pastiche and also that it's very unique. And it's like I feel like it is the most important movie in the last, like, 30 years. Like, I, I feel like oh, you yeah. can't argue against that because it, it changed what indie movies could do. It won the Palme d'Or. And, and I don't think a movie like this had ever won the Palme d'Or before.
0: Like, Wild at Heart? No. Yeah, Wild at Heart is probably like, the closest. Wild at
1: Heart would be think the think closest of. for sure. And I feel like Wild at Heart, like, David Lynch, like, plays around with this kind of, like, pastiche Americana thing. But Tarantino takes it mm-hmm. to, like, an insane level. Also. Yeah. Pulp Fiction was very violent And this is before violence mm-hmm. Like the violence we're used to seeing was happening It like really ushered in so many different things Like It's it kind of insane oh. Honestly
0: And like it's more like It also happens in Reservoir Dogs but like really iconic needle drops Oh yeah the, Like o- almost like a musical, the, the, musical You're right
1: And you know it's so funny that Pulp Fiction and Forrest Gump came out the same year And Forrest Gump beat it for Best Picture Because they're both such easy. soundtrack movies
0: Yes And both of them are like very good soundtrack movies. Like, I love both these soundtracks probably equally. Oh, yeah, they're both both great I've heard all these songs for the first time ever. I love...
1: Ugh. I love so many music moments in this movie. I think... Well, first off, I already... So I said Samuel Jackson gives the best performance in the movie, and that's true, but Uma Thurman also gives the best performance in the movie as Mia Wallace. Yes. Because that part where she comes home, they come back from, like, Slim... Was it called Slim Rabbit Jack Jack, Jack, Jack Slim? Rabbit Slims? Whatever. Jack yeah. Rabbit Slims. That's what's called. And she like dances to that song like in her living room before she does the, the heroin You'll accidentally.
0: A woman.
1: Ugh, I fucking love that part. She just oozes coolness.
0: I love I love in movies where oh, two things in movies. I love when people laugh in movies because I feel like people don't laugh as much as they normally do in real life in movies. Whenever somebody like, fucking laughs. I love that. And then whenever somebody just dances, right to mute to actual music that's playing, and not yeah, I just I just love people just dancing.
1: Have you ever seen the movie Fish Tank? <sighs> Mama, this part okay. So I know that this is way off topic, but I think the greatest <laughs> dancing scene in a movie bar. I'm like literally tearing up thinking about it. But the ending of Fish Tank, when the main girl dances with her mom and her sister to um, Nas's "Life as a Bitch." Oh my Did god! It is like one of those beautiful, real movie moments I've ever seen. Because you're right, people do things like that in real life, and we don't see it in movies. It was really powerful. No.
0: Ugh. Anyway. Well, also, we can talk about. I mean, the 70th time has been brought up on this podcast, but mommy, when they dance to Celine Dion in the kitchen. Oh my like, god! Oh my god! Ugh, bitch, like... we're gonna
1: start crying, bitch. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, 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 crying <laughs> in Pulp Fiction necessarily. None. But but great music moments nonetheless. Like yeah, and like lip syncing yes. songs. Like it's so fun. I would love like if I wanted to make a pretentious Kelly Kelly Reichardt like movie, I would do like a long yeah. take of someone lip syncing an entire song like in the car while they're driving. Yes.
0: Wait, what would Kelly Reichardt do? Like a like a David Berman song? Yeah, it would
1: be like yeah, it'd be like Silver Jews or like Will Oldham. <laughs> um, yeah. But or you know, it, you know that really reminds me of that amazing scene in birth where Nicole Kimmons just like watching the opera. While wow, we're really popping off today. <laughs> all the
0: all the psycho-gay 2010s movies.
1: Dude, it's so funny. We are a specific sect of gay, like the gays <laughs> that love like birth, like that, you have to be our
0: age to mm. like even give a
1: fuck <laughs> or know what birth is. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh I'm very excited for my next Movie Club movie. The episode will probably be out by the time. Uh, you find out what it is, but I'm very excited for you too. Oh, too. I'm excited. I don't think you've seen I'm it. I'm so and excited. It, it's one of those movies where it's like you have to be in this very, very small window for it to have it's a... Uh, what's his name? Who's the what the, fuck? the great dictator? Charlie Chapman. Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin where like the the house falls on him. Oh yeah. It's that. Actually
1: wait, I thought isn't that Buster <laughs> is that, is isn't that him? Buster Keaton?
0: Oh, Buster Keaton, it's the other yeah. one shit. I'm not that old, I'm still very young. I'm only nineteen. <laughs> um <laughs> So, we've danced around it, but, like, I think there are some specific things uh, that straight people love about this movie, besides the whole movie. Um, everything is quotable in it. Every fucking line is
1: quotable. There's so many good lines, and I don't blame them. I don't fucking no. blame them. There's so it's many good lines in it. Even the way that Amanda Plummer says, that's a lot of wallets. Like, it's just, like, <laughs> so many great deliveries in this movie. Or, like, when Rosanna Arquette's character is, like... Oh, that was trippy. Like after they like <laughs> revive Uma Thurman, <laughs> oh, like so many good lines,
0: so many good lines. Uh, the entire Samuel L. Jackson, the kahuna Burger thing, dude. Royale with cheese. That's what when I used to work at the draft house, that's so they called the regular burger was a Royale dude, with cheese and the five dollar milkshake. The entire
1: that is entire. I mean, I already said my favorite quote, which is the big brains one, but every single thing he says in that scene is iconic. Like.
0: It's incredible. Can I have some of
1: this sprite to wash down this? Like, it's,
0: like <laughs> dude, like,
1: and it makes me nervous every time. I've seen this movie several times, and every time, it's it's almost. It reminds me of that scene in Boogie Nights at the end with the like the little Asian twink like popping the um the pop rocks or whatever, and like fucking like Alpha Molina is like being psychotic and coked yeah. out. It's like a great combo of comedy and just stress.
0: Yeah. Well that's what I noticed about like most of the scenes of this movie is is that like it's like something happens and then it's like something's happening. It's like kinda of nothing. It's just people talking, talking and talking and kinda of like, okay, baseline, you're normal, blah blah blah. And then something will turn and then you become immediately stressed the fuck out.
1: Yeah. It's amazing. And the the movie does that like from one second to another. Yeah. And it's really great and I think that Yeah, that's why it's so quotable. It's so
0: yeah. It's good.
1: I think this might be the first movie we've done where we said the quotability part about it being straight and I'm like, yeah, but like I quote this movie. But it's good.
0: But then also you have like a lot of images that are really iconic in this movie, which is like the dance scene, the uh Jules and fuck, what can I remember Samuel Jackson's character's it's name? It's Jules and Burns. then Vince. Jules. Vince. Jules and Vince, uh they're both shooting the guy. Uh that I've seen that on the side of many a building, they're on many a T shirts at Spencer's Gifts. Um and then that's it. Well, yeah, <laughs> and that's, what, that's what, and that's what I'm talking
1: about, and I hate to bring up the Bruce Willis thing again, but it's just, like, everything that's iconic about this movie is the first, like, hour and, like, 15 minutes in the last, like, 45 yeah. minutes. The middle part yeah. is, like, eh. No, there's nothing, no there's T-shirts there. of Bruce Willis from Pulp Fiction no. on them.
0: The only thing that I know is that there's an episode of Family Guy where they make fun of that. Um, and... And yeah, that's and it. we're not gonna yeah we're not gonna
1: get into the the rape stuff because it's just like no it's
0: just, a lot
1: of people have written about it though so if you're interested in people's takes on it you, you should because it's interesting but yeah it's,
0: it's interesting but it's who um crime this movie has crime people in it, love know, crime like, and
1: that's what's so funny is crime. I think for me I actually enjoy the movie more when they're just like talking about like bullshit and benign things yes. and then when the crime stuff happens that's when it like kind of throws me off a little bit I like, forget it's a oh. crime movie.
0: Although I think it's very smart that you never see what's in the suitcase. I love that. Love 666. that.
1: 666. Gregoraki it's does it too. Not... Low key, but like whatever. <laughs> um, And yeah, I mean, there's so many like weird mysteries about the movie. It, I, I think that like Yeah, I think what's really cool about Tarantino, too, and I think a lot of directors do this now, but he's kind of the first one to really do this in a way that's very, like, in-your-face, but this whole idea that it's, like, set in the modern day. Like, it's set in 1994, Mm -hmm. but it's, like, not.
0: Well, I think it's interesting. It's, like, we talked about that in Donnie Darko, where it's, like, not everyone lives in the exact current moment. Like, some people wear clothes that are older than they have. Some people listen to older people. Not some people. Most people listen to older music. And you're not listening to everything that's brand new. Although, if you haven't listened to the Olivia Rodrigo album... Dylan. It's good to great. <laughs> it's good. It's the new jacket Little Pill. Occasionally great. It, <laughs> it's my hot take for this album is that I'm more interested in the ballads than I am the pop Whoa. Punk yeah, because that's for me what was throwing me off about the album was the ballads, because I don't like ballads. Oh, I love it. Well, I like it's because there's like a lot of like I feel like there's a lot of like pop punk and stuff like already out there you just kind of have to like dig for it where it's like there's nobody doing like big corny ballads so I was like this is actually just like well yeah you
1: love Taylor Swift though so that makes sense I love Taylor Swift
0: yeah. and I you know I love Diane Warren yeah I, I was about to say and
1: ballads. you love ballads because we literally talked about like meatloaf and shit like the other week oh yeah and the, love ballads and the R.I.P. the it. man i sorry I don't remember his name but James sorry Diamond. to that man but R.I.P.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, okay um, so it does have two very I think these. Both these people are very. Straight I I agree, icons. and I'm
1: glad you br- are bringing this up because I do think that this is like yeah. top tier, top ten straight actors, like icons. Like straight yes. guys love these actors,
0: love Samuel L. Jackson yes. and love Christopher. They Walken. love the, man thinks they have Christopher, Christopher Walken impersonation.
1: Walk in so much. They all do a Christopher Walken impersonation. Mm-hmm. That's bad. Yep. Cause here's the thing. Here's um, the thing. You're not doing a proper Christopher Walken impersonation unless you uh, you lick your fingers and you're eating something. Like he <laughs> always is eating in movies, and then he's like licking his fingers mm-hmm. while he's talking. If you're not doing that, then you're not a Christopher Walken stan.
0: No, um, is Christopher Walken straight share in that every gay thinks they have a share, but it's always bad. Yes, exactly,
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, so if you're a gay, that's never talked to a straight person before, first of all, how second of all, that's your point of reference. Right.
1: And also for straight people, um, just ask your friend to do a share impersonation and you'll see what we're talking about.
0: And they'll go snap out of it. Snap out of it. And it's like,
1: <laughs> I'm really, I can't do it. I can't. I'm not even going to pretend like um, I can. I also don't really care about share that much. I mean, I love her in Moonstruck, but
0: that's just so good. Moonstruck. And I love her in burlesque.
1: Um, oh my God, that's so deranged <laughs>
0: Um, when she goes, Wagon well, Wheel with
1: see. <laughs> oh, something that we didn't really uh, mention just yet that I think is very straight about this movie, and we brought this up in The Princess Bride and other things, is that this movie's very mm-hmm. postmodern. Um, and it's I actually would consider this movie to be the first big postmodern movie, like, in taking it to the next level. Because Princess Bride, the postmodernism is kind of sly. It's a little sly. Yeah. But, like, with Pulp Fiction, it's in your face, like, we're referencing things this movie has references to highbrow things, lowbrow things like grindhouse movies, but also like mm-hmm. art films and French movies. Like it, it it's literally Tarantino was like, I like all these things. I'm putting them all in one movie. He's like the first person yeah. to really do that on this large of a scale.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think that's like a, um, a uh, mentality that takes place the rest of the nineties. And I think versus the rest of movies in general where it's like, yeah, Maybe you didn't go to film school, but your video store was your film school. That's what he said. Right. And he didn't go he to didn't... film
1: school. He would just, yeah, he worked at a video store and he just watched a bunch of movies. And honestly, that's yeah. tea. That's tea. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. I went to film school, okay? And literally, they were showing us Pulp Fiction and the usual suspects and all these <laughs> movies in film school. I'm like, girl, I've already seen these movies. Like, I hate to yeah. clown all my fellow students at UT, RTF, and I'm sorry, but I'm going to do that right now. It was <laughs> amazing to me, amazing to me that they were majoring. In a thing that they knew nothing about, like it was like it's like majoring in English and you don't read books, like it's like, it's wild. or you you're majoring in English and your favorite book is like To Kill a Mockingbird, not to like clown To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> I'm just saying, like you know, what, you get what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, like if you want to like spend four years of your life studying a thing, you should already have the sort of like the bas- base, the basics. It's
1: like you it. should have already seen like. Pulp Fiction or like you know what I mean mm-hmm. and, and like and for example like I hadn't seen Citizen Kane I think that's the biggest one is a lot of Us yeah. like a, and like our professors Hated it but like so Ugh. Millennials are very like I don't watch Old movies and they like had to like literally be like Watch this movie you fucking Idiot you Philistine I,
0: fuck Citizen Kane is so It's fucking so good. good and I know people You watch and you're like shit this movie was made like a hundred Ass years ago no. and it's like faster than any movie that you're watching now. It's so fun. It's so frustrating. It's not homework. Because, like,
1: people will be like, oh, Citizen Kane. I'm like, no, it's really fun to, it's, like, not, like, a boring movie. It's, like, a really entertaining no. movie. It's not what you think it is. Or even yeah. Hitchcock, like, I feel like I'll be like, oh, like, Hitchcock, and people are like, oh, I've seen Psycho. And I'm like, oh, but you've even seen, like, The Birds, like, North by Northwest, or, like, Vertigo, or, like, and they're like, no. And I'm like, but these movies are fucking fun. They're funner than yeah. all the other th- the bullshit
0: we're watching now. Vertigo is so fucking weird. Virgo I is that recently weird. for the first time. That movie is bizarre. I love Vertigo. Yeah, Vertigo
1: is crazy. I had a really interesting conversation with my friend about Vertigo because she had feelings about it from a, like, feminist mm-hmm. point of view, and they were so, like, it, they were great points. And I was like, God, this movie is, like, dense as fuck. Like, there's so many different ways you can come at it. Yes. So good. Yeah. But, it, I, yeah. but anyway, sorry. So it, it, here's the funny <laughs> thing. Here's the funny thing. Actually, I was on the topic of film school, so I, I have to tell yes. this story. So, one time I was in film history class, which was a great class because he he was one of those professors that's like, you've already seen the grades, I'm assuming, because you are all in fucking film school. So, I'm going to show you, like, <laughs> obscure shit. So, when we watch 20 silent movies, I'm showing you some obscure shit you've never heard of because you should have already seen, like, fucking, like, D.W. Griffith's movies and shit like that. And I was, like, over yeah. here, like, oh, yeah, I am not seen these movies, but okay. <laughs> um, but this is my favorite thing. We watched um, – there's a director called Ozu – Uh, he's a japanese master he made like very like quiet contemplative like family dramas like in the like 20s through the like 60s and 70s um and he's considered one of the greats and um when you watch like old japanese movies like they feel very different than old like hollywood movies you know so we were watching a clip from it and there's a very clear kind of like style to it and one of the kids in the class was like why does he do that like, why are his films so <laughs> geometrical? Or, like, why is this in the movie? And literally, he the professor went on the longest, most insane rant, but I loved every second of it. Where he was like, you know what? <laughs> he's like, we don't know why he did it. That's what style is. Like, style, like, directors just do what they feel is right. And not everything needs to have an explanation. Uh, sometimes things are just beautiful. And you should just, like, take it for what it is. He's like, not every director is like fucking Quentin Tarantino, where he's going to explain every single goddamn reference and thing that he's doing in his movie and blab about it for hours and hours and hours He's like, some people just do what they want to do. And I was literally like,
0: (gasps) Uh, (laughs) like, we were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. It was
1: amazing. But it really changed the way I thought about movies because I do think our generation was raised on Tarantino. So we do think there needs Mm -hmm. to be an explanation for everything. And we do think that everything has a point. And it's like, sometimes like artists just do what they do because they do it. And like, that's enough.
0: I mean, that's, that's like the iconic David Lynch quote where he's like, this movie has blah, blah, blah. And the, interviewer says expand upon that and David Lynch goes no. Like sometimes you just do shit. like Whenever like I make like shows ever like whenever I used to do more comedy and like stuff, um, be like, Ooh, who are your influences who do you like? And I was like, I don't f- f- Top Chef? I don't know. I just like watch what I like. A- like Absolutely Dylan. That's what it is. When
1: I made films when I was younger especially and even the things that I like write on and off now it's so funny how I feel like what comes to my mind or what I want to do is so different than the things that I like. Like, mm-hmm. I I actually made, like, I, I did, like, a lot of experimental film in college, which is so funny because I'm not, like, a modern art, contemporary art, like, gallery girl. Like, I mean, I like that mm-hmm. stuff, but I'm not, like, going to the gallery, bitch, you know? Yeah. But that's the kind of stuff I like drinking in school. And one of my professors was like, oh, you're so great. Like, you remind me of this filmmaker and this filmmaker. And I was like, oh, I've never heard of these people. And she was like, oh, you should... <laughs> yeah watch their work then and then i did and i was like oh my god like this person's like doing this shit that like i'm doing but like i don't even know who this fucking person is like it was such a cool moment because it's like it's just coming i don't mean to sound like i'm about to go full goop lap, but it's just like it just it's what's coming from within like not everything needs to be so calculated you know like just do what feels
0: right i don't know yeah you are you are the accumulation of yourself like that's what it is just do
1: it and I think that we are we are too caught up in references like I love postmodernism and I'm into highbrow lowbrow conflation because I don't believe in like things being better than the other but at the same Mm -hmm. time I think we get a little too caught up in like we need everything to be like when we're pitching something it's like oh it's this meets this like I feel like we get too caught up in a lot of that bullshit it's like just do the thing and let other people figure out what it reminds them of but like I don't need to like pitch Mm -hmm. Myself like that
0: Yeah the second Your art leaves you um, It's not yours anymore I completely agree with people. you And
1: I do think We put way too much Sock into the artists Themselves And it's mm-hmm. like As much as I love Celebrity fan You know Bullshit And I, I, I love pop culture And all that stuff yeah. I'm not going to say who it was, but I, I had a very negative experience with somebody that I looked up to that was famous when I was younger. And I feel like that really changed my oh. perspective on famous people. And it's like not all of them are shitty. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, like, there is a difference between the artist and the art. And, yeah, wow, Tarantino would be so proud of this conversation. We're just he popping would off. would be so
0: proud. <laughs> I know. Um, I know. <laughs> I think to wrap this segment up, there is one straight thing about this movie. Wait, one straight thing about this movie. Uh, there's one more straight thing that's kind of uh, understated. There are two different EDM artists uh, who have names taken from this movie. There's Yolanda Be Cool, which did that remix of the... Oh. Remember that? That's in Talented Mr. Ripley. <laughs> they did a song based around that. And this other person called Zed's Dead. Um, oh. Who suck. They're like mid-tier band that plays, like, WompFest. It's so funny whatever, that they are they're
1: EDM not. artists, and they think Pulp Fiction, like, that's... There's a connection between yeah. these things.
0: Nothing. There's nothing.
1: And again, and we were just talking anything. about that, right? Like, not everything needs to have a point. Like, they Nobody just like Pulp Fiction. They can make EDM music. Like, why does it matter?
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's very Pulp Fiction. And that, and like that is said. Pulp Fiction. And that's the thesis. Um, okay. Is there anything gay about this movie? Absolutely. I think... We say every week, but I I think this is actually our straightest movie.
1: No, no, no. I – no. No. I mean, I do think that we started off with questionable straight movies, and I feel like the recently we've mm. been doing straight
0: movies. I mean, we're oh, doing baby. like – Next week we're doing a monster. Oh,
1: yeah. It's so true. But I, I think this movie – I think this movie is very, very straight to the point where, like, literally the only homosexuality in the movie is like BDSM rape, which again we're not going to get into it, but I'm just going to say that. I'm just going to leave it at that. Mm -hmm. So you know, (laughs) we love representation (sighs) uh, in the media, Um, but I do think that like all of the female characters in this movie are like I know like dudes like probably want to bang Mia Wallace. But I think that we, I think gays love Mia Wallace more than Streets do. Oh, like, yeah. I think we really stand her. And and also, it's not just her. Like, the other female characters in this movie are also, like, iconic as fuck. Except for the French girlfriend. She's so annoying.
0: Oh, she's so boring. Um, we don't talk about that segment. <laughs> yeah, we're um, just gonna pretend
1: like that segment doesn't even in the movie. But I do love, like, Maria de Madero as like, the taxi driver. And, like, Rosanna yes. Arquette as, like, the pierced up, like, drug dealer's wife and like all of them are so iconic and so specific it's like we all know these like seedy bitches and i love them yes
0: amanda Plummer. she gotta fucking she gives my
1: her like like, supporting performance in the movie i think yeah she's so great the final scene she owns that shit i love her in that final
0: scene she's like i have to pee yeah she's
1: i have to pee yeah i love it um (laughs) i think the women in this movie are very gay i think that one thing you can give Quentin Tarantino, because, like, people love to come for, like, straight directors and be like, they don't know how to write female characters. I think Quentin Tarantino does a pretty great job of too. writing female characters, personally.
0: I mean, he has written two of the most iconic female characters of the past 50 years and Jackie Brown and uh, The Bride. Yeah, The
1: Bride. I mean, I think The Bride is, like, one of the best female characters, like, of the, yeah, in the last, like, in the century so far.
0: I think the further we get away from Kill Bill... Like the more we realize, like wow, this this might be his masterpiece. I think it's incredible. It's so
1: funny that I feel like with a lot of people they see it as like his silliest movie and his like like, on forums at least. I think what it is, I think Gen Xers don't really love Kill Bill because it's a little too silly. Mm -hmm. But we grew up with Kill Bill, and I don't know about you, but that was my first Tarantino movie.
0: Correct, that was mine too. I saw when I was like thirteen. I mean, I saw when it came
1: out. It was like one of the first like really violent movies I think I watched, and I loved it. it. And it's like. I still like quote lines from that movie all the time. Like I'm obsessed with all the female characters in it. Like
0: it's it... Oren Ishii is one of one of our greats. One of our great oh films. yeah,
1: I love her. Um, but yeah, it's just like he knows how to write a good female character, and I think that's why mm. these characters were. I mean, we're kind of silly, you know, being silly and being like, oh, they're gay. But it's just because we just love to see well-written female characters, and honestly, we've watched yeah. what this is our fifteenth movie, and this yeah. this is maybe by far the best female characters in any of the movies we've watched so far.
0: Yeah. It's so great. Mia Wallace iconic. Yeah.
1: I love Mia Wallace when she
0: goes, God damn, no, God Dylan. Damn.
1: I mean, you don't have to cut this out. Whatever. Everyone knows I was a cokehead. <laughs> um, but the first time I did cocaine, I quoted that line like a total dork at the party. And the best yes, part I'll is, is it's like, if I were in Austin, when this happened, I'm sure somebody would have been like, shut the fuck up, dude. But instead, <laughs> no one knew what I was referencing.
0: Perfect. Like, literally, it
1: was just a bunch of, like, gays in Lubbock being like, what?
0: <laughs> um, speaking of Mia Wallace, I mean, actually, I didn't even put it in the thing, but it just came to me. The actual gay part about this movie is, I want to win. I want that trophy. <laughs> Throw it up. I want to win. I want that trophy. up. up.
1: up. I want that trophy. Yeah, I didn't realize I never made the connection to my brain before until I watched it. This time, oh, yeah. and I was like, Oh my
0: god, I'm so gonna have to put this in the episode because it's like, How many? I feel like people know Room Vroom, and I mean, Trophy. I was... feel like Trophy is the
1: one people know the most after Room Vroom on that EP, yeah. At least they kind played it at twos a lot. I don't yeah. know about everyone else in the world, but
0: <laughs> if you were to twos gaze in 2014, girl, oh girl, it was, was
1: popping off.
0: Um, poppin woof.
1: yeah, so. Oh, yeah, and I also wanted to mention that Alexis Arquette uh, has a very, like, amazing cameo in the movie where mm-hmm. she literally doesn't... Like, the whole last half of the movie is because Alexis Arquette tries to shoot John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson, yeah. <laughs> and they and it doesn't work. And they think it's divine intervention, <laughs> but it's really just that, like, gays don't know how to shoot guns properly. They don't know how to shoot. No. And that's very gay behavior to me.
0: Fucking... That there's a speech whenever um, Patricia Arquette was winning for a bunch of stuff or whatever, and she just like mentioned Alexis. She was like, "And I miss my sister a lot." Although I can't remember what speech it was. It was for Boyhood. She, like, dropped for Boyhood. Oh yeah, and she mentioned Alexis, and it was like, I started like crying. Like think. I feel just, like, Alexis, like I Alexis is a so really
1: much. forgotten like trans legend. I think that because she was more known for like being on like the Surreal Life, which is like more mm-hmm. our age group. Like, we all kind of tangentially knew who she was, but I don't Mm -hmm. think that, like, younger people really know who Alexis Arquette was.
0: She wasn't even – I don't think she was in that year's, like, In Memoriam segment. I think she was, like, forgotten. Yeah, it's
1: so sad. But, yeah, I mean, I always, like, loved her, like, in – yeah, I loved her in The Surreal Life. And, like, she's in several different movies that I like a lot. But I always thought it was so fun that she was in this movie. Like, I'm assuming that probably Roseanne Arquette, like – Hooked it up, she's like, hey, like yeah. but I just think it's so funny. Like I it's actually one of my favorite parts of the movie is when she pops out of the bathroom and shoots at them, and that face she makes when she doesn't hit any of them and then just gets blasted is like so good. It's so, good. Um, it's so good. it truly is an iconic moment in the movie. And again, like, yeah. LGBTs, yeah. we don't know how to shoot guns. Are you fucking kidding we me? Don't know. Mm-hmm. unless unless you're no, a man. commie, then you do. Mm-hmm. But that's a specific set.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> um all right it's time for our favorite segment of the week it's our gay recommendation where it's uh we recommend a movie that you're supposed to watch after you watch this one that makes you go oh thank god this one's this one's for us um i actually forgot to put my real one this in this time in here um i did put the answers kill bill right. like that's the gayest tarantino it is it, because it's
1: really i feel like with a lot of the directors we've done they've had a couple of gay movies in their filmography but i feel like tarantino's kill bill series is like the biggest like because everything else he's done is so straight.
0: Yeah, and th- that's, such a, that's such a weird, like, U- not a U-turn, but it's a left turn. Uh, it's great. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, my actual answer, I don't have, like, a whole paragraph about it, because it's not really a bit. I would say um, Doug Lyman's Go.
1: Oh, that's a fun choice. I haven't seen that movie in forever.
0: Yeah, great Christmas movie. Um, it has so... <sighs> okay. Timothy Oliphant. It's so fucking hot in this movie, Jesus Christ! Uh, but yeah, um, it has Sarah Pauli iconic, Jay Moore iconic, Breckin Meyer, an incredible Jane Kukowski cameo. Uh, it's fantastic. Watch I it. Think that's, a, Watch that's go. a great recommendation. I really love that movie.
1: Watch it. Um, I feel like I feel like in my, my where my head goes is like I think the gay version of Pulp Fiction is Magnolia.
0: Magnolia, yeah, even longer than Pulp Fiction, gay. Oh yeah, but
1: Magnolia, interconnected lives in L.A., but it's about like dads and game shows and gay men with braces, frogs, gay, and frogs, gay. Julian Moore breaking down in a psychiatrist's (laughs) office, gay. Julian Moore breaking down at the pharmacy, gay. (laughs) Julian Moore breaking down in her car, gay. (laughs) Julian Moore breaking down in the ambulance, gay, gay. Philip Seymour Hoffman breaking down. Tom Cruise even breaks. I mean, literally, Magnolia. For I think I, I think I'm onto something here because I feel like gays quote Magnolia the way straights quote Pulp Fiction.
0: Is that what, we're like the past? Does what does he say? The uh, past. We're not through with the past. The past may be through with yeah, us. Yeah, the
1: past may be something, but the past ain't through with us. No, my favorite line from Magnolia. I mean, everyone's favorite line is when she says, "She says you can suck my dick." Um, But there's so many great lines in the movie, you know, when Tom Cruise says, respect the cock and tame the cunt. Um, And I love, okay, and honestly, gay canon for me, and maybe no one else agrees with me, but like, whatever, I'm going to say it anyway. But April Grace is the reporter uh, interrogating Tom 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 Cruise. And she goes, your family history, your actual family history is important here. Like, it's like, literally, like, she's, oh. it's just me like – and it's dramatic, and it's sad, and it's over the top, and there's a musical break to Amy Mann. Like, it's just
0: – Save me. It's a
1: gay version of Pulp Fiction, and it has no crime yeah. because we hate crime movies. So thank you. We
0: hate crime movies. Well, there's tangential yeah, the only crime. The crime is but not really. God giving us,
1: giving us frogs. Yeah, and John C. Riley losing his gun and crying.
0: Oh, he also – and he breaks oh down God. in the woods.
1: Ugh. God, everyone breaks down in that movie. All 20 people in it.
0: <laughs> uh, I Speaking of Julianne Moore overacting – uh, the tangent, I might cut this, but I just watched Woman of the Window. Oh my god, making a bit about it for years and years. What an unwatchable!
1: I watched the piece of Trixie carpet. and Katya like watch it, like Netflix thing that they do because I don't oh, want to because yeah. I heard it was really bad, but I was just curious. And watching them watch it was really fun. I need
0: to watch it. It um, looks bad, it looks it like
1: is... bad, like like Amy Adams looks like. Like it might actually—is it a oh. bad performance by Amy Adams? Because it looked bad to me in the clips.
0: It's a bad performance by Amy Adams. Um, it's so bad that like her makeup is bad.
1: That's so like, sad. It's not it even camp like, bad.
0: Oh. No, the only thing that's camp about it is like I don't want to like I don't want to reveal it. But like, do you do you? No, wanna, no, I, you no. Wanna they spoiled the whole that? movie in the video, so I already know oh, what okay. happens. Um, skip fifteen, 20, skip thirty seconds ahead if you don't want to woman in the window spoiled uh but the part of the movie where she like monologues to reveal that she fucking killed her whole family that's camp that's really cute i just feel
1: like my issue and i know you like like ma and stuff but my problem mm. with movies like ma and i would put ma in the same category as woman in the window even though that's probably blasphemy to you but to
0: me it is i will correct you soon don't kay. worry
1: but i think it's <laughs> interesting that we getting these movies recently that are so over the top and insane and ridiculous so they don't seem to know that it's supposed to be fun like it's supposed to be fun the to thing- watch
0: the thing with Woman in the Window, though, is that Woman in the Window is also insanely boring. Well, that's what I mean. I thought, I mean, I know you like Ma, but I thought Ma was boring. Because like Ma. Ma took oh, itself yeah, no, too they're...
1: seriously, Dylan.
0: Yeah, I, don't, I, I had a different read on, on Ma. Okay, fine, whatever. I had, I had a different read. I thought it was making fun of itself the whole time. I don't
1: think it was, though. I really <laughs> think the whole, like, racism, bullying background to it is, like, they're, like, really serious about it.
0: Oh, I think <laughs> I love the bullying background because it doesn't make any sense. Because it's stupid. Uh, I th- I think Ma is stupid and it's like so much of it like doesn't work that I'm okay with it not working and where the inverse of it is true where it's like, okay, this none of this works, so all of it works sort of thing. Whereas Woman in the Window is like, you have all of these like A list actors. Yeah, Julianne right. Moore, Gary Oldman, all the people and they're doing bad performances in a movie that doesn't make sense, that is edited poorly and like doesn't have a Wait, plot. who directed
1: The Woman in the Window?
0: My favorite director ever, Joe Wright. Wait, who? He did? Joe Wright. He Joe did Wright? Tournament. What? Joe fucking Wright did it. Okay, yes, but he's insane. made some bad he's movies, though.
1: Good shit. He's made some bad movies, though.
0: But even his bad movies are, like, interesting. Like, at least Darkest Hour, a movie I did not remember a single lick of. I was, like, intrigued by it or whatever. You know, Gary Oldman is... Isn't his Peter Pan movie, movie really bad, though? His Peter Pan movie is weird as shit. <laughs> It's bad, but it's, like, it's a fascinating Can color. we just
1: – but let's all just admit that he only has three good movies, which are Atonement, Pride and Prejudice, and Hannah, and that's it.
0: And Anna Karenina. Oh, okay, yeah, Did that's you right. Se- you
1: love Anna Karenina.
0: I haven't seen it, so oh, I guess man. I need to watch it. That movie is bananas. It's wild. Um, all right, now that we start talking about Joe Wright – uh, is there anything else gay about this? No, we already did that shit. Let's wrap it up. Well, yeah, we already
1: did our what? gay wrecks. We're done. We've... We already did our gay wrecks. We're done. <laughs> the We're episode's done. We over. over.
0: <laughs> we did it. Oh my God. Look at that. Oh, this was fun.
1: This was fun. This is, this is fun. Oh, we oh, didn't fun. get to this, talk about Quentin Tarantino's fun. bad acting in the movie. Oh, well.
0: Some oh, other shit. Time. Uh, <laughs> he's bad in it. He's bad. He's like, he's like whenever I act. Um, I feel Mine's like I want to. I feel like if I ever make a movie, I want to be in it and be
1: bad in it. I feel like that's iconic oh, behavior. Yeah.
0: Well, you know who is. <laughs> I also I finally I hadn't I had never seen Manchester by the Sea, even though you know I love Kenny Lonnie. Uh, I finally finished, closed that circle, finally watched Manchester by the Sea. Kenneth Lonergan is in a scene, very good in it.
1: Do you that's like funny. Manchester by the Sea? Because I think it's so boring.
0: It's my least favorite of his movies. Okay.
1: okay. Um, I just wanted to make sure because I feel like everyone really loved yeah. that one, and I love you can count on me. Saw see Margaret obviously, but like I wasn't yeah. into Manchester by the Sea.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's probably it's my least favorite of his. I gave it a four on Letterboxd. Uh I still liked it a lot, but it's still
1: something. His, you something can count on me, Margaret. Something didn't fives. connect for me. I think it's like I I, think... I, th- now that's a stray people movie.
0: Oh, but should we talk about Manchester by the Sea? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> absolutely who would listen
1: to that episode
0: oh yeah it would get five listeners all five of them being me um great <laughs> um speaking of manchester by the sea i am dylan Garcia, <laughs> boston's favorite uh plumber slash uh he's just like a generalist what does he do he just like fixes girl take out the trash i don't remember Sorry, but... all i know is that michelle williams it was like, was, like telling them to really knock it off <laughs> get loud and then they accidentally set their children on fire. Um, I watched a lot of, like, movies that, like, I meant to actually bring it up in the episode. This week I watched a lot of movies that, like, uh, that messed around with time. Mm. And so Manchester by the Sea. And then I also watched The Skin I Live In, mm. which, um, yeah. Okay. Anyway. You're going to have to hear <laughs> one of my
1: hot takes sometime about Pedro Amadovar, because I don't, I, don't, I don't really like him that much as a director. <sighs>
0: This was my first Pedro movie I've oh, seen. okay
1: so I'm well I'll tell you the one I really love by him because I think you would really like okay. it. watch women yeah. on the verge of a nervous breakdown next that movie is hilarious done done no, done, no, done. The, the, these oh, are right. his movies are gay though so we'll never talk about them on the pod.
0: you never no never although oh no skin would have been super gay oh yeah um my name is Dylan Carsey. and and you can yeah. follow me uh, I'm sorry <laughs> you can I pause every time ah! do you want me do you also, want me to do whatever. your handles for you? Yes, please. yeah, my name is Dylan Garcy. And you can the find
1: end. him on Twitter at Dylan Garcy and on Instagram at Garseed and Letterboxd at Garseed.
0: And I'm Kirk. And you can find him on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd <laughs> at K R K V N S-K-L-E. You missed the C. C Kelly. C. C-K-L-E. <laughs> there you go. You got it. It's Kirk Van Sickle without all the k- vowels except for the E at the end. <laughs> yes. oh. I don't know why. Anyway. <sighs> um, uh, Please rate and review us wherever you can get your podcast. We're not on Apple Podcasts right now. I'm pretty sure they kicked us off. Um, Do you think they kicked um, us off for, like, content reasons? Maybe content reasons. Maybe we're saying faggot too much. Maybe we got flagged. Uh, I think we got flagged, so um, I they still haven't responded to my email yet. So we were working on. Yeah, that. we're
1: we're sorry, everyone. I mean, I'm sure. Hopefully, you've pivoted and listened to us on another one. I know a lot of our mm-hmm. listeners listen to us on Apple Podcasts, though, so that's pretty disappointing. Yes. Um, but sorry. Anchor is free. You know, we're on Spotify. We're on Spotify. You know, yeah. there's other apps um, too. Most of them are free, so it really it's not. It's,
0: yeah. you, you can you can listen. We're working on it. We're working on it. And then whenever yeah. it does come back on Apple Podcasts, you're gonna have like five episodes to listen to. Yeah, it'll be so wait.
1: fun. It'll be like binging East Town, like I did the other
0: night. <laughs> it'll be fun. I need to catch up. Um. All right, y'all have a fantastic evening. Goodbye. And out came Bye. talk, talk, talk. <laughs>